The risks of Osborne's preemptive strike, June the 24th, 2010. George Osborne, Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer, claimed on Tuesday that his tough budget was unavoidable. But what made it so? The answer is fear, not fact. The tightening above that laid down by his predecessor was a choice. And posterity will judge the wisdom of that choice on two criteria. First, by what happens to the economy, and second, by how sensible the spending cuts themselves appear to be. Remember that previous plans would have shrunk the UK's cyclically adjusted current deficit, estimated at 5.3% of gross domestic product in 2009-10, to 1.6% in 2014-15. After Tuesday's measures, the latter is forecast to become a surplus of 0.3% of GDP. Will this shift really make the difference between financial Armageddon on the one hand and confidence on the other? Nobody knows. The drawback of arguments based on credibility is that they are inherently vaporous, if not self-fulfilling. Tell investors that credibility is at stake, and it soon will be. The biggest economic point in the budget is the need to rebalance the economy away from debt and government consumption. That makes sense. Moreover, the Office of Budget Responsibility believes this is likely to happen. On average, the annual contribution of government consumption to economic growth is forecast to fall from about plus half a percentage point between 2000 and 2008 to minus half a percentage point between 2011 and 2015. Again, private consumption contributed an average of 1.7 percentage points to growth in the earlier period, and this is now forecast to be just 1.2 percentage points between 2011 and 2015. A surge in fixed investment and net exports is forecast instead. The average contribution to growth of gross fixed capital formation and net exports was 0.5 percentage points and minus 0.3 percentage points respectively between 2000 and 2008. These figures are now expected to jump to 1.2 percentage points and 0.7 percentage points between 2011 and 2015. The depressed level of investment, the low interest rates, and the big fall in the real exchange rate makes these shifts at least conceivable, but they are very far from assured. Moreover, what Mr Osborne has proposed on cuts looks deliberately unworkable. The Institute for Fiscal Studies has demonstrated this at least to my satisfaction, Rowena Crawford notes that this is the longest and deepest period of sustained cuts to public services since the Second World War. But she also shows how far the protected health sector is set to gobble up resources. Thus, while overall departmental expenditure limits are set to fall by 14% in real terms by 2014-15, unprotected departments are set to suffer a decline of 25%. Worse, If spending on schools and defence were to be cut by only 10% in real terms over this period, remaining departments would suffer a shrinkage of 33%. And these areas of spending would include higher education, the Home Office, justice, transport and housing. Such a balance of cuts is unlikely to prove politically sustainable, let alone sensible. 
it cannot be reasonable to protect health entirely. It is also evident that further cuts to benefits will be needed. According to the IFS, the cuts for the other departments would only be 25% in real terms if the government could identify another £13 billion in cuts to benefits. Such additional cuts in benefits are surely what Mr Osborne himself desires, but this would also make his package even more aggressive than it already is. The governing Conservatives might not mind. Why not bash the scroungers many Tory supporters and members of Parliament may feel? But will their Liberal Democrat coalition partners agree? Do they have a breaking point? Mr Osborne has, in fact, launched a massive, preemptive fiscal consolidation. It is not in response to any actual market pressure that will allow him to hold his head up high in the select club of tough finance ministers. But the risks he runs are on two sides, not just one. If the programme can be implemented in full, he has surely reduced the risk of trouble with the bond markets. But he is also increasing the risk to the economy and to sensible management of public spending. He assumes what is still to be proved, a rebalancing of the whole UK economy. Moreover, he has demonstrated that the envisaged path on public spending makes no sense at all. There will have to be cuts to the National Health Service too. Much difficulty lies ahead. Mr Osborne may believe his budget was unavoidable. So too now are the risks the government runs.